Well, today we're going to talk about a little bit of seasons. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to look at this briefly. But you know, our, our life, as you're turning there, <clears throat> our life is like some of the seasons that I've described. There's some seasons that maybe you don't like. It's painful. Cold is painful to me. That's how I relate it. For others, it's, that's the glory of the year. You know, the snow and the, you know, whether it's making snowmen or as I'm learning over the last several weeks how to track deer, I don't know. I'm, you know how I track meat? Giant Eagle in Walmart, I guess. Uh, corner store, plug there for a corner store. Boy, they got good meat up there. You don't know the corner store up in Edinburgh? That was free. That was a bonus. You know. <laughs> Let's look at some of these verses here. Uh, yeah, I had to put on these glasses. Chapter 3, verse 1. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. See, Solomon wrote this, and, and he's, he's giving an observation of what he's seen in life. Let's read through this and see what he says. Verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, it's a time to pluck up what, what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. And Solomon is a pretty smart guy. And he's giving us here his observation that there's seasons of our life. There's seasons in our life. Just like there's seasons in the weather, spring, summer, winter, fall. I got them all. Okay. All right. And, and, and some of those we like better than others. But you know, our life has seasons to it as well. Sometimes there's seasons of, you think you're on, you feel like you're on the top of the mountain. Everything's going great. Everything's falling into place. It's, it's wonderful. Your job's going great. Everything in the house is working. Nothing's breaking. Not a single dog has peed on your floor. <laughs> Life is good. Then you may be in a season where it seems like, what is going on? Everywhere you turn, your job seems to be caving in on you. I thought I was good at this. I, I, I thought that this was uh, easy, but yet I'm, I'm finding myself challenged in ways that I haven't been challenged before. Or, or maybe with your, your marriage, where did that attack come from? Where did that come from? And, and you feel like you're defending a, a, a fight over here, 
and, and there's a, a war front over here, and just when you think it can't get any worse, you know, the washing machine breaks. The dishwasher falls apart. You find out you have bats. I don't know. And yes, your dog pees on the floor. How do we prepare to handle the seasons of life? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about that just a little bit. Promise you, your ham will not burn. That was funny. Come on, come on. You got to work with me today. I am Pentecostal. This can go all day. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter four. We're going to start at verse seven. Everybody there? Okay, good deal. Second Corinthians four, verse seven says, "But we have this treasure." Well, let's pause there for a second. We have this treasure. What treasure? Well, I think before we can really go on to talk about the treasure, we should probably go back and find out what the treasure is. Y'all with me? Yeah. You okay with that? Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's do that. Let's go up to chapter, uh, same chapter, just verse 1. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Everybody say, we do not lose heart. Ah, that's important. Sometimes when we go through things, we don't, we don't want to lose heart. So we don't lose heart. Let's continue on. Verse 2, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. I'm going to read this in the NIV. I, I just like how, how it's there. I'm going to do that a couple times today. Sorry. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary... By setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. What is Paul talking about here? He's talking about the purity of the word. When man starts to take the word of God and slants it to his objective, he starts to pollute the word of God for his own purpose, for man's own purpose purpose. Paul saying, hey, as ministers, as Paul was speaking to the church in Corinth, he's saying, as ministers, we're not going to pollute the word. We're going to be looking at the purity of the word. We are not going to use deception. We're not going to distort 
the word of God. So part of when we're trying to look at what is this treasure that we're talking about down in in a few verses in verse 7, the purity, the purity of the word of God. Let's continue reading on a little bit. Do a little reading today. I like to read. You guys know I have like bifocal contacts and reading glasses, right? It's like three lenses. This is verse three. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is only veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the believers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. Let's get that. For what we proclaim is not ourselves. For what we're proclaiming is not what we're trying to get to. It's not some message that I've conjured up, that Paul's conjured up, But he's proclaiming, what's it say here? Jesus Christ as Lord. The purity of the word. Let's look at the next line here. With ourselves as servants... As your servants. Does your Bible say that? Your servants? Do you ever think about that? With ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Hmm. Something to think about. What's Paul talking about? Who is he talking to? Who is he talking about? With ourselves. Well, ourselves, he's talking about Paul. He's talking about him and his his group, the ministers. As your servants, he's talking to the church of Corinth. So he's talking as he is the servant of that church for whose sake? For Jesus' sake. I, I inserted this. I kind of put this in here. With ourselves, Paul the shepherd as your servants to serve the sheep for Jesus' sake. Pause for dramatic effect. But while you're chewing on that, let's flip over to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to show you something. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you don't have that underlined in your Bible, you should do that. So God's given these gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherds, or pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up 
of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, but by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which it is equipped, with each part is working properly, makes the whole body, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So what Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians is exactly this. God's given the, the gift of evangelist, prophet, pastor, teacher, uh, apostle for the purpose of serving the church, to help you, help us all, to grow us up, to mature us, so that we come to the unity of the faith. Another way to say it, this is more Danized, this is to help you accomplish your assignment. You see, I, I, you've heard me talk about it before, I won't belabor the point, but God has a purpose for you, He has a purpose in your life. Before you were born, he knew you. He equipped you to accomplish this purpose. He put the church to help you. The pastors, teachers, and apostles, prophets, evangelists, to help mature you to accomplish the works of service or your assignment that he's given you. Does that make sense? Flip back to 2 Corinthians. That's a very important point to, to, to get because it's not only important to Paul and, and what we're talking about here in 2 Corinthians 4, but it, it's very important for us to get here because it's relevant today. The church is here to help you with your assignment. Read verse 6. We're still defining treasure, aren't we? Here we go. Verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read that in NIV. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The substance of the treasure is to know the glory of Christ, to, is to encounter the life-transforming glory of God. So as we are, are looking to define what this treasure is, the treasure is the word of God. The substance of the treasure is Jesus. It's life-changing. 
Now that we have a, a clearer understanding of what the treasure is, now we can start again in verse 7. But we have this treasure that is the word of the purity of the word of God, the substance being Jesus, in jars of clay. Again, let's pause, but I, I'm not going to go far off on a tangent this, this time, but we have the purity of the Word of God in jars of clay, in earthen vessels. We have perfection, the Word of God, in imperfection, housed in this imperfection. Any perfect people here today? Let's see, Cup, James, okay. All right, we got... Take, we got some cupcakes in the back, all right, yeah, that's pretty close to perfection, yeah, yeah, James, did you notice, they're the ones that like cook, <laughs> you, you know, just notice that, I don't, I don't know, but God's chosen the perfection of his word to be housed in jars of clay or earthen vessels, imperfection. Why? To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Well, then that makes sense then. Because if we were perfect, if we were something great, then we would be standing all puffed up saying, hey, that's right. I did that. Raise so-and-so from the... Yeah, that was me. It's all my skill. No. The perfection of the word is housed in this imperfection so that there's no doubt, there's no question that it's God. That it's God doing, what's it say here? That the surpassing power, the, the Greek word there, the root is dunamis, that's the ability, miracle working power, as opposed to authority. This is ability opposed to authority. The Think of that as miracle working power belongs to God and not to us. Now, I know a lot of you aren't Pentecostals, but a few of you are Bapticostals, right? Get ready to shout. I'm just telling you now, get ready to shout. <laughs> there we go. Verse 8, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Everybody say, but not crushed. Not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Say, not driven to despair. You're getting this. Persecuted, but not forsaken. All right, some of you Baptists are going to help your neighbors out there, okay? <laughs> We're struck down, but not destroyed. destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. Again, just to keep my NIV friends happy, hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. 
We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. This is the point that you should be saying, hey, as I face things in life, as I go through seasons of my life that I'm on the top of the hill, but I'm in that valley, I've got to recognize what's in me. What is in me is the purity of God's Word, the perfection of God's Word. Yeah, this earthen vessel, this jar of clay is imperfect. It's going to mess things up. It's going to make mistakes. It's going to fall down. But that is to separate us from God. So it is God that gets all the glory. Amen? So when you are persecuted, when you are facing those tough situations, when you are feeling like everything's coming down on you, I've had that the last few weeks. I've felt it. But what's really weird about that, while I was going through those things and I could feel those things coming down on me, there's something inside of me that says, be still. My peace is right there with you. No matter what you face, the, the fears of not knowing what you're going to face, I'm right there with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I am there. Oh, those things are coming. But the perfection of the Word of God is housed in this earthen vessel. That's what I'm talking about. That's something to shout about. Let that sink in a little bit. Verse 10. We did that. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be, also may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live... All right. Somebody's not praying hard enough. I'm twisting up all these words. All right, here we go. Try it again. Verse 11. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be made uh, may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, <clears throat> excuse me, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into the presence. For it is all for your sake, so that, it, that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So verse 16, so we do not lose heart. Everybody say, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction, that's the stuff that we face, this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. 
For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Here it is. One of my favorite verses, Romans 8.18, For I consider that what we suffer at this present time cannot be compared with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. That's my favorite verse of all time. There's a story behind it, we'll save it for another time. But we've got to understand, when we're in seasons of despair, when we're in seasons where it seems the whole world is turning against us, when we're in seasons we're at the bo- where we feel like we're at the bottom, we need to recognize it's the perfection of the Word that is inside of us. And that anything that we're facing is temporary. It will go away. It will change. Because there's something greater than the temporal. And that's Jesus is Lord, and that is eternal. Amen? Amen. I'm going to close with this. Throughout our life, we will find ourselves in different seasons. That's a fact. There will be times when we're on the top of the mountain, times that we're in the bottom of the valley. But understand this, the function of the gift of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher is here to help you mature. To help you learn. To help bring us all into the unity of the faith. The purity of the word of God. For the purpose of us growing up to accomplish the assignment that he has for each one of us individually and us corporately together as a local church body. The treasure of God's word The life-transforming knowledge of Jesus is in you. Perfection in imperfect containers. And finally, we will not lose heart. We will deal with temporary situations, but we are delivering the message of eternity.